Alright folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to talk about a fun day today as the Denver Nuggets got to have their championship parade. An exciting time if you are a Nuggets fan. I hope you're able to make it down if you're in the area. Uh, really good stuff today. Really a lot of fun. Very, very busy. I did not expect it to be as packed as it was, but uh, that that's my own fault for, for not, uh, not crediting the Nuggets fan base for showing up in droves. It was crazy. It was a crazy, crazy experience, and it was fun. Like there's, there's no doubt about that. I, I got to enjoy. I wasn't trying to get up all into ever, all the business, try to be front and center, or anything like that. Also, my phone died. That did not help. But uh, we had a good time uh, hanging out, watching the title parade and all the festivities and everything. Uh, just a super, super cool experience. Uh, I mean, how many parades do you actually get to attend? How many parades do you ever get to uh, really fully enjoy as, as, as a city, as a fan base? Uh, a stat here that I'm sure not a lot of people are, are super excited about. The last 40 plus years, basically dating back to 1979, uh, title teams from the Western Conference have been the Lakers, the Warriors, the Houston Rockets, the Dallas Mavericks and the San Antonio Spurs. Those are the five teams. And they've made up, I think, 23 titles over the course of 43 years, I think the number was. And they're all from California, all from Texas, all those teams, basically big markets. And, and there, there have been no exceptions, really, until Denver. And it's why when you are a when you're an outside fan, trying to understand why the Nuggets fans are so uh, ballistic about this, why everybody is so uh, passionate about not not just like because it's your team, but almost like overly so. Uh, I think that that's one of the reasons is because it just doesn't happen to teams like this. It doesn't happen to teams like the Nuggets at all. So uh, it was really cool to be able to experience that for the first time. I was in college when the Denver Nuggets parade uh, or when the Denver Broncos parade occurred back in 2016. So I never... Got to go to that, nor, nor was I like a super big Broncos fan at that point. Never really been a big Avalanche fan, sorry, but uh, I, apparently the the parade was awesome last year when when the Abs came through. Uh, but from the sound of things, the fans really showed out. Fans really showed out. The environment was great for for this one, and it was one of the largest ones that they've had. Maybe, maybe not as large as large as the 2016 Broncos one, but. Still really, really close. And that's a, a pretty cool thing. That's a pretty, pretty cool thing. Um, I think, yeah, Cedric, you're, you're right on on this. Um, funny how you said before you're, you're 47 and it's 47 years that the Nuggets have been established, Ryan. Yeah. Was, was I saying I was 47 years old? I don't, I don't remember that at all. But uh, I must have said that on a previous podcast, just like joking that I'm 47. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I say a lot that like it's it's always funny to look back on some of the fun moments. And we'll do that for this podcast. I, I want to see if I can get my guy Michael to come up with some sort of blooper reel for pickaxe and roll this year. Obviously, this is episode 501, episode 500 celebrating the championship 
was last Tuesday, uh, was this past Tuesday. So make sure to go check that one out if you're looking for that as well. But I want to go through uh, some of the parade moments and, and I'm going to, I'm going to prove that, that I was there. I promise. Uh, let me just go to um, a different format here just so I can um, doing doing some different things here. So bear with me, but this is the first video I took. Uh, you have a fun environment there. Katie Wingy, Aaron Gordon, KCP. KCP just throws away his shirt. Like I, I saw half of the Nuggets crowd uh, was just shirtless that entire time, which was pretty cool. Um, next, you've got Michael Malone. Malone was an entire vibe in this particular thing. He uh, he was great. He was fantastic in this one. Uh, sorry if you guys if the volume isn't perfect. Uh, this is my first time trying to do this, but uh. Um, but yeah, really good stuff from Moch right there. Uh, and then the big fellas, uh, sorry, Josh Gronke spraying around that champagne next to Jamal Murray. And those guys are vibing. If you see Nicole Jokic is in the background with the, with the trophies there, uh, really fun stuff from this crew. <laughs> really great. Um, uh, these are just some videos that I took. Nothing nothing special here. Nothing that anybody hasn't already seen. But it was really cool uh, just to be able to see everybody vibing, everybody having a good time. Um, gotta love it. Gotta love it if you're a Nuggets fan. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy at least some some new video content here. Trying to trying to step up the game a little bit. Uh, but yeah, let's uh let's get into it here. I'm going to do two segments today. We're going to do ranking parade moments in the first segment. And we are going to do uh, just some, some other stuff about the city, about uh, the dynasty talk. Like, why can't the Nuggets be a dynasty? I think that those are some interesting, interesting topics for this one. But first, we're going to rank championship parade moments here. And I, I want your help with this one. If you're in the chat, if you're in the comments section, make sure to comment those down below that, that you think I'm missing on this one. Uh, I just thought that it would be cool to be able to um, just to be able to enjoy all of this stuff. And uh, Casey Max, uh, very close to, to where I was going with the first one here. Number seven, uh, Christian Brown just walking into random bars, celebrating with fans. He he did the sprint down the side of, of the championship parade off the cordoned off area. And that was pretty cool. That was that was really nice to see. Um it's just it's been really cool to see Christian Brown and embrace this moment. He's not necessarily the first person that you think of when you're thinking, okay, who who's going to be the best in a championship parade? Um, but he was great. He was, he was fantastic. Really enjoying the moment, and and I I think I might be able to get him on the pod at some point here during the summer. So we'll 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 have to wait and see on that. But video of him just walking into a, a random bar celebrating with fans that was pretty funny. Uh, it's I don't know if it comes close to Aaron Gordon walking shirtless through the street at the night the Denver Nuggets won the championship. That's that's a different vibe, but I do think it was it was still very very cool. Um, next number six, Joker and Jamal they needed an armored truck to get onto the stage because Nuggets fans had just overwhelmed the barricades. They had they decided nah we're we're Screw this. We are going to be as close to our team as possible. Nothing crazy, but uh, 
Uh, that was that was definitely great. Um, Jamal, I would say an underrated member of the championship festivities this time. Not not necessarily his best showing, I would say, but uh, night of the night of the game five was was his best time, where you see him tearing up, and that was really really cool just to see the emotion on his moment, but uh, emotion on his face. That's what I mean. But no, uh, good stuff from the Nuggets duo. They I got a, a video of them earlier there. Uh, next, number five, the Vet Vibes. I thought those guys were great. I thought that throughout this entire time, you can see Jeff Green, Ish Smith, DeAndre Jordan just sharing a lot of fun uh, over, over the course of this time. And that's what you want from your vets. That's what you want from guys, especially journeymen. Uh, maybe not necessarily DJ, but over the course of his last five years or so, he's definitely been a journeyman. Uh, hasn't really found a home and Ish and Jeff hadn't really found homes, of course, and you finally hit the right situation, and um, one thing leads to another, and you get a title. Obviously, like Ish wasn't like the most prevalent from a title perspective, but he was on his thirteenth team. Like to see him be able to get his first ring, to see DJ and Jeff each get their first rings as well, uh, after all of the time that they had been able to share. across many teams and many eras and many time periods with, with various teams uh, was really, really cool. Uh, they brought the energy for sure. Jeff Green spoke at the podium, uh, was one of the, the only guys to do so. And, and uh, he said, Mile High Baby. Didn't, didn't quite go to Mile High City Baby, but that's okay. Uh, got, got Mile High Baby out there, which was uh, just, just good energy from Jeff. And hopefully he... Uh, whether whether this is the last hurrah or not, like it, it would be really cool to see. Um, wh- whatever he decides, like I mean, his his career is stamped at this point. Um, number four, KCP shotgun and two beers at the same time. I, I don't know if I was in the vicinity for this one, uh, but I do think that uh, he was like I mean, KCP was great. <laughs> he his energy was fantastic the entire time. Um, that was pretty, pretty cool. And guys, I'm going in reverse order. So like if, if you're naming other moments, I'm probably going to get to them. Um, KCP though, I mean, the, the clip of him grabbing the beer and shotgunning that those at the same time, just smashing them together and then drinking them with the, his entire face just covered in beer. It was, it was amazing. And then he actually jumped off of the fire truck and went to go uh, have a uh, chug off with another fan who was in the, in the crowd. That was pretty cool. Um, he's, uh, he's really, really enjoying life. And he didn't actually get to have that personal uh, moment with the fans when, when he won his first title due to COVID. So really, really cool to see him actually be able to enjoy it. And, and he was clearly enjoying it just as much as anybody else, despite the fact that he had already won a title. So it was really cool to see. He's a, uh, one one of the most important pieces of the Nuggets team for sure, and and deserves so much credit for coming in and immediately like becoming the the stable force that he was. So great to see there. Number three, uh, Nikola Jokic atoning for a mistake. Um, I thought that very very important for him to atone for this. He had said in a previous interview or in his in his post game interview basically. Uh, that he wanted to go back to Serbia, that, that he wanted to get on a flight as soon as he could. Uh, in the end, when he went up on stage, he 
was clearly having a good time. And I got, I got messages from people saying that even earlier in the parade, like when he was at the beginning, it looked like he was very affected by the actual energy from the fans. And then just everybody that had come out and, and was really caring and, and really cared that he was there, really cared that the Nuggets were doing what they did. Um, he said, quote, I know I don't want to stay on parade, uh, but I fucking want to stay on parade. This is the best. And when I when I say the crowd cheered like crazy, uh, that they they went nuts when he when he said that. It was it was awesome. It was good energy, and he was just a very very awesome uh, piece of this. Um, yo, I'm I'm giving that guy a timeout. We are we are not dealing with the trolls. Um. All right. But yeah, I mean, he, I don't think, and this is one of the theories that I had just listening to him speak over the top of, uh, uh, over, over just plenty of time. I think that he didn't really fully appreciate just how much he meant to Nuggets fans, how much he meant to people. He said a lot of things like, oh, they're going to forget about us. They are going to like not like they they won't care about us in ten fifteen years or twenty years whatever. Um, I disagree. I, I disagree. I think that Nikola Jokic is going to be one of the like he's one of the greatest players of all time already. He's clearly the best Nugget of all time. And the more championships you bring to a city, like, the more stamped you are. I think I think John Elway, despite that. Like he was extremely talented throughout his career. Maybe not the most efficient player. Maybe not the most uh, awesome, like just consistent player. But he was Denver's, and the reason why he was Denver's was because he finally won the big one, and uh, you finally got to see it with Joe Sackick and Ray- Raymond Bork and Peter Forsberg and all those Patrick Watt, all those guys, and, and when they first won a championship for the Avs. I think for Denver, it's going to feel very similar. For Jokic, it's going to feel very similar, too. He has made an impact on so many people in this town. I don't know if he fully recognized that or appreciated that or not, uh, but I think he did today. I think he did. I think he looked very, not emotional, but just like enjoying the moments, very comfortable, having fun. Uh, That's that's the most important thing. You like so much of this. You never know how much fun Jokic is actually having doing this because he talks about basketball as a job. He talks about uh, maybe wanting to get home to Serbia as soon as possible. Nuggets fans don't despise him for that or anything like that. They know that that's part of his personality. They know that that's a very important piece of who he is and not just like it's not a bit. It's not like it's not that he hates Nuggets fans or or, or anything like that. It's just who he is, and Nuggets fans have accepted him, and, and then some for for his uh, for his own personal quirks. Uh, but I do think that it was a mistake what he initially said, and I think he walked that back when he was back on the, on the on the stage and then gave his little speech, and and it was perfect. It was it was a perfect Nikola Jokic moment for sure. Number two, everything Michael Malone did was amazing. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, as somebody who has had the pleasure to talk to Michael Malone a lot, um, he has wanted this for a long time. You can tell how much it means to him. 
and Lakers fans are so pissed off at Michael Malone. Like it's that part of it is is also great, uh, but so much of what Michael Malone did today was living by like Nuggets fans lived vicariously through him and all the energy that he brought, and he was just a man on a mission today. Said whatever he wanted to say. Uh, was drunk. Was having fun. Was doing all the stuff that he needed to do. It was it was awesome. And I do think that he has been the voice for Denver for a long time. And that's cool. Like, that, that's okay. Nicole Jokic, she doesn't want to have to be the voice. And that's okay. Uh, put that in your pipe and smoke it is awesome. It was great. And that's, that's just one of those things that you're always going to remember. I got the shirt. I, I found a link to a shirt that says put that in your pipe and smoke it with the championship logo. It was the, the shirt that Michael Malone was wearing. I bought it. I am absolutely going to wear that. And that's that's going to be a nice little memento from this championship run for me. But I do think that I mean, Nuggets fans are, are so happy like with, with where Malone is at. And think about think about all the credit that Michael Malone has just built up over over this playoff run where, where people were calling for his head. They're saying, Hey, even if they win, like maybe you want to move on from coach, even if they win, like, no, his, his entire personality, his entire ethos is so important for the nuggets in terms of we, we are not going to, we're not going to back down to anybody. And, and I know the Lakers fans are not super, super happy about how he approached things. I don't care. Nuggets fans don't care. Nuggets fans are super happy. Nuggets fans want you to know, Lakers fans, that the Nuggets now run things. And it will probably go back to the Lakers running things at some point because that's just what happens to the Lakers. They're the luckiest franchise in sports history. Um, But I do think that it's important for Denver to feel like they can be at the top of the world and to talk like they're at the top of the world. Like It's just kind of built into the Lakers' dialogue that they – do that like that that's just who they are for for so much for so many people and you better believe that Suns fans that D-Wolves fans that um Wolves fans Portland fans they may not have been super happy uh when the Nuggets were beating them but you sure better believe that they were happy that the Nuggets were beating the Lakers everybody was and and I know that Nuggets fans are just like they're, they're happy about that I don't know who this guy is, but you're getting blocked too. Great. Nice. All right. And then finally, number one, uh, everything that I think everybody was waiting for here. Bruce Brown. One more year. One more year for Bruce Brown. Just one. <laughs> Just one more year, Bruce. That's uh, That was awesome. And I... I didn't put a lot of stock into the belief that Bruce could come back, that Bruce would want to come back at the the number that he's being offered. And I, I hope that he knows and I hope that his agent knows that if Denver wants to actually run it back, then there is a maximum number that they can give him and there is no more. Like if, if you want to keep Michael Porter, if you want to keep Aaron Gordon, if you want to keep KCP, you're definitely keeping Jokic and Murray. If you want to keep all those guys, they legitimately cannot create the cap space necessary to give Bruce Brown more money. And that's okay. Bruce is awesome. Like if Denver does 
have to let go of Bruce, then they will, and they'll be okay. But Bruce had a glow up in this playoff run too. Every time the Nuggets needed their sixth man, he stepped up and was that. He was exactly what they needed. It was a little bit of energy. He was finishing at the rim. It was some shooting. It was definitely defense. There was a lot of intensity and aggression and great things from Bruce Brown. And Nuggets fans grew to love him for sure. Uh, I think that in general, like, there are probably ways that Denver can can get him back. There are probably ways that they can, uh, like if he's willing to forego some of that salaried money. Uh, maybe maybe Stan Kroenke can slice him off some ranch money, and they can uh, they can they can find him a ranch out here in, in Colorado where he can go horseback riding and play as much golf as he wants. Um, but I do think that. I, I wouldn't get your hopes too far up, Nuggets fans, despite the fact that he really, really wants to, like, it, it sounds like he wants to come back. He's the guy that is propagating this. Nuggets fans want him back. The Nuggets want him back. They want to run it back in general. And there is absolutely a, a piece of this that he he probably feels at home. And, and maybe that is more valuable to him than his next contract. But who knows? Like, if I were him personally, I mean, I, I love I love the experience. I would take the money if I were Bruce, um, but that's okay. Like I mean, he is, it's it's all his prerogative for sure. Um, now we're gonna lock at him early. All right. Um, yeah. Now hopefully Bruce Brown stays. I would be super cool if he did, and the Nuggets fans that. Got to see him, and we're cheering Bruce. They're all chanting Bruce at the at the parade. They all want him back too. And then to see seven hundred thousand to a million people there, like in that general vicinity, uh, that's at least what the police were telling Jake Shapiro when he, when he was there. Uh, if that is the actual number of people that came, and all those people were chanting Bruce at the same time, that'd be super cool. That'd be super super cool. All right, tell you what. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss uh, Dynasty Talk and then some of some of that stuff and running it back and whatnot. And there's, there's a lot of things that we can get into, as well as I, I want to give a shout out to the city of Denver. But first, this podcast, as you know, is brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook. Bring that big bet energy this summer with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in sports betting. And right now, you can use promo code MILEHIGH. To score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they will match your first bet up to $250 with promo code MILEHIGH. Simply visit Superbook.com or download the Superbook Colorado app right now in app stores. Uh, make sure to get those terms and conditions wherever they are. Enter the promo code MILEHIGH when you see it and you'll get $250 courtesy of Superbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-522. 4700. We will be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. As always, you can drop a like on that pod if you're seeing it, if you're listening still. 
Uh, really appreciate all y'all that do. Um, obviously trying to continue to grow the program and I am going to try to get onto a reasonably normal off-season schedule going forward. I'm not sure when the best time to go live is. My guess is that it's probably a consistent 8 p.m., 9 p.m. kind of thing. Uh, although, comment down below if you are like either in the live chat or in um, or in the, the comments when, when this goes up permanently. When's the best time for you to listen to Pick Axe and Roll? And when would you consistently listen to it if I tried to post at least three times a week during the offseason? When, when would you find the best time to listen to it live? I'd be very curious. So let me know and we can talk that out going forward. All right. I got to give a shout out to the city of Denver. I didn't know what was going to happen today. I, first of all, when I got down there, I, I couldn't find any parking at all. It actually took a Nuggets fan who I want to shout out, Nuke and uh, UK. I want to shout you out, man. Thank you so much for the parking spot today. I, I parked in his lot uh, with with his hand, with his uh, parking spot because there were no spots that were close enough for me to actually get down there in time. So that was really really helpful, and I was having a, a mild panic attack trying to trying to get down there so I could do my job. Uh, so that was that was definitely helpful. Thank you very much. Uh, shout out to Nuke in the comment section. Um, but the city of Denver, uh, they clearly showed up. They absolutely showed up. And in general, Nuggets fans know um, that sometimes it's been a little bit of a drag trying to get the entire city of Denver behind the Nuggets, especially when the Broncos were in the title town. Uh, obviously, Denver, uh, the Nuggets specifically, were in a little bit of a downslope at that point. They were still trying to build it back up. But there was a period of time where Nikola Jokic was a young player in his first, second, or third season. And it was still very difficult trying to communicate to the rest of Denver that this was a team. That this, this was a team to really follow. And, and I'm glad that I've got onto that bandwagon while I did. And I'm sure a lot of Nuggets fans, especially ones that are listening here, were, were definitely paying attention back then too. Uh, but not everybody was. And, and I think it was obviously kind of made a double issue by the fact that the television dispute happened. But I would say that the television dispute is clearly not ruined Nuggets fandom. Just if, if, the, if anything is pretty clear based off of what went down today. Nuggets fandom is alive and well. The actual TV dispute has not ruined that. And while it sucks during the regular season and there, there's probably some money being left on the table by the Nuggets and in general by not being able to get them on the TV, and maybe, maybe there are some other ramifications that we can talk about too, I don't think the television dispute has affected them too terribly much. I mean, just being down there was a pretty clear. Um, yeah, no, I, I think the city has shown up. And I just want to make sure to give that shout out because it wasn't always like this. And being down there, you could feel the love that this city has for the team. You can feel how important this was to a lot of people. And I know that it, that wasn't always the case or everybody was just kind of in hiding for a little bit. But with COVID kind of going the way of the dodo, uh, at least 
publicly in, in public domain right now. Um, we're over three years out from when the, the outbreak initially happened. Everybody's now fully back into their lives and has been for the last year plus. Um, it is really interesting to see like 700,000, a million people in, in one area <laughs> at one point. It, it was like everybody in Denver decided, let's go outside today at the same time and congregate at City Center Park, uh, Civil Center, uh, Civic Center. Good Lord. Um, Civic Center Park. Uh, and it was awesome. It, it was super cool. And to see all the Nuggets gear, to see all the chanting and the cheering and the overall vibe that was being brought consistently, that was a, a big, big aspect of this that I didn't know if it would actually translate or not. And I, I think, I, I don't know if the Nuggets and Nuggets fans were thinking that it would too, but it was an unbelievable parade. And to see so many of the videos and so many moments like I, I didn't get to see Christian Brown cut his hand on a beer beer bottle or, or a beer can when he was trying to do anything. I, I didn't see that. And the, there were there were, he was perfectly fine when he passed by me, but uh clearly a lot of stuff happened and then Nuggets fans were treated to the full experience for these players. And the players I think were treated to the full experience for the Nuggets. I mentioned this with Nicola. I, I think the entire team was probably pleasantly surprised by just how many people were there. I don't know what they expected. I don't know what I expected, clearly, but I think they were certainly pleasantly surprised. And and that is a really, really cool aspect of this, that the team came out and supported them in such a big, big way. Um, That's where, to me, that's that's where the city had fallen short in previous years. And now it's, it's pretty clear that Nuggets fandom is alive and well. And and I'm I'm just so glad that the city gets to share in that. And they get to prop that up because you need a big time city presence in order to make it feel real. And and it felt like like this is the first time that I had really felt it outside of game five. Like there was great moments for sure, uh, for all of the city involved. All right. Final thing here. Why not a dynasty? This is the last thing before we uh, take off. Why not a dynasty for this Nuggets team? What's what's preventing them from getting back to this point? What, what is it? Because uh, I'm curious. I'm curious what people think in the comments as to, as to what could actually stop Denver from being that. Because when I look at the Western Conference right now, I'm actually I'm pretty pleasantly surprised at, at the fact that there aren't that many bona fide title contenders. Like let's let's just go through the the standings this year. Number two is the Memphis Grizzlies, and like they'll probably figure some stuff out. But Jaw is going to be suspended for at least like twenty five games, so that's going to be something that they have to navigate and figure out. Number three is the Kings. They could continue to get better, but they have like even more so than Denver. They have these defensive weaknesses that they weren't able to shore up, and Denver was certainly able to do so, and and they have the avenues, and they also just have the better star duo with Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray far outpacing De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. Sorry. Number four is the Phoenix Suns, and the Suns I do think could get better. I do think that if you go through it, they are probably the team that I would be talking about in terms of can actually challenge Denver next year. 
Um, the Suns will figure out a, a new landing spot for Chris Paul. I'm pretty sure they're going to have to find another replacement point guard, whether that's more of a defensive minded guy, somebody that could stick on the floor, or if it's somebody who could take pressure off of Durant and Booker a little bit offensively. Uh, but they're going to have an opportunity to kind of build back up their roster. Although it's not like it's not easy. They have, they have a lot of guys that are not going to be under contract next year and they have to rebuild a lot of their team. So they don't have a lot of the chemistry and camaraderie that the Nuggets were able to build off of. Although Booker is very talented, clearly Nuggets fans know that, and Durant can, like, he's still got it. So I'm I'm not going to write them off entirely. They are going to need to create some ways to score more efficiently. And I think Samantha brings it up here. Uh, I don't believe you can win a championship loading up on mid-range. You're probably right. And and so they're probably going to have to move on from Chris Paul. And, and maybe what that means is you get somebody who's more of a three-point shooter than Chris Paul or somebody who uh, can get to the rim a little bit better than Chris Paul. But he was also a mid-range guy, and you can only have so many. So probably a good option there. Uh, but I do think that the Suns, they, they have, like, I can see it. I can see it for sure. Number five this year was the L.A. Clippers. If they just never get healthy, then we're never going to have to talk about them. Like, I do think that if they if they have one healthy run in them going forward, then they have an opportunity. But like, I'm just not scared of the Clippers, and I think Nuggets fans aren't scared of the Clippers. That's not a reason to – they haven't given anybody a reason to believe in them lately. So that's one thing. And also, like, are they going to re-sign Russell Westbrook? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> that's, that is not the right thing to do, in my opinion. Um, number six was the Warriors this year. They were like, they have a lot of major questions to answer. Their core is still aging. Could they bounce back? Absolutely. Is Steph Curry still a top five-ish player in the league? Absolutely. I don't think they have enough around Steph. I just don't. I think that that's one guy that you need to bolster him with great pieces and their pieces have definitely fallen off a little bit. So would, would at least be a little bit worried about that because Clay is not the same Clay. Clay is definitely not the same Clay at all. Although, if they did bring the same group back and then the Warriors played against the Nuggets, then probably, like, I, I, I could see them getting a game or two off of Denver. I don't think I could see them getting more than that. I just think that Denver's way better now and that they were way better even at the end of that Warriors series like last year. I, that was, I feel pretty, pretty strongly about that. And the Lakers will probably improve, but LeBron is going into year 21. <laughs> Anthony Davis is not getting any younger. Austin Reeves will probably get better. Rui Hachimura will probably get a little bit more chemistry with them if they do bring those guys back, but they don't have a lot of avenues to improve. Do they go get Kyrie? Do they go get somebody else? I don't know. Like I, The Lakers could come back and, and do something interesting, but I don't think that they're going to add the pieces necessary in order to really impact Denver. Uh, now, if they sign Brooke Lopez, then that would be a little bit different. Uh, that would that would be somebody that would be like, oh, okay, that, that makes sense. Like that, that would be very, very interesting. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they need more resources in their backcourt against all of the other teams. And so that would make them vulnerable to those other teams for sure. And number eight was... Uh, the T-Wolves. I'm not scared of the T-Wolves. Sorry, T-Wolves. Like, unless you trade Carl Anthony Towns for like, um, I don't know who could they trade Carl Anthony Towns for that makes sense. Uh, Jalen Brown. Like, 
if you, if you could do Carl Anthony Towns and stuff for Jalen Brown, that would be interesting. Outside of that, no. Like, I'm just, just not worried about that. Uh, and then all the other teams, like, you could say the Pelicans, you could say the Thunder. There are some teams there that make sense. Maybe the Blazers hit it big with a, a trade that they add to Dame this offseason. But I'm looking around the Western Conference and talking through it and just, just I'm not really putting too much thought into each of these teams, but I can absolutely make an argument that Denver's going to be the best team again in the West. And if they have the number one seed and all of these teams have to go into Denver and play at altitude, then Denver's got an advantage. That That's a really, really big part of this. Now, Denver did have perfect health or relatively perfect health this last year. That could be something that changes going forward. And if you get an injury, uh, God forbid, a, a Jokic injury, then that changes the, the tenor of this, obviously. But as long as you stay healthy, I don't see any reason why Murray can't be better, at least during the regular season for sure, why Porter can't be better during the regular season, and why Denver, if, if they were able to bring back Bruce Brown, why, why they couldn't just be better, uh, just playing in the, an additional year together. So there's a lot to like. Um, I'm not going to jinx it, Cedric. I'm going to say there's no way. <laughs> there's no way that Denver actually repeats. Like, what are we talking about here? No, no way that they actually do that. Uh, but on the off chance that they that they were able to have all these things come together, if you get to the NBA Finals, anything goes. And if you have the best player in the world, then you probably have an advantage. So Denver's got those things down pat. And and as long as they can get there, like there there's no doubt that they should be favored in each of these situations. I think uh, I think Milwaukee would be an interesting matchup. Probably not that interesting. Uh, I think that Boston would still be interesting. And I think that Philly would still be interesting if they were to run it back, but I don't think they're going to. It just seems like James Harden's going to go to Houston. Um, hell, maybe that's a, a – actually, what am I saying? That is not a team that Denver has to worry about. Sorry. <laughs> let's, not, let's not act crazy here. Uh, but if Denver, whether they bring back Bruce or if they just continue to develop Christian – Christian Brown, Colin Gillespie, Peyton Watson, guys like that. Um, or maybe they add somebody like a Dennis Schroeder or a Javon Carter or somebody like that in the backcourt who can really uh, just give them that level of defense and maybe a little bit of playmaking. There's a lot to like. Like, I don't see why Denver can't do it. Um, whether they do or not, that remains to be seen. We're going to see. Like, that, that would be very, very interesting. Um uh, I think that Denver's going to have to get some reinforcements. They can't just run back exactly the same roster, or else their guys will probably be a little bit, a little, a little bit tight going into going into the playoffs after what was a big playoff run this year. Uh, so, most important thing that Denver can do is try to bolster as much as they can, try to find areas on the margins where they can improve, and then Michael Malone he's going to have to run a, a ten man rotation or a nine man rotation with some some subs. Uh, pretty consistently because the greatest thing about Denver's run this year was that they weren't tired by the end. They had more to give. And Denver, when when you're playing 100 games, it's pretty tough. So the best thing that Denver can do is continue to approach the regular season like that. You're not going for 60 wins. You're going for 55. And you're going to try to bolster during the regular season as much as possible and hope that, hey, Maybe you've got some guys that are ready for playoff basketball. You never know. Should be very, very interesting. Um, 
But folks, I think that is probably going to do it on this front. Uh, going to be some shorter episodes going forward, uh, just as, as things normally go. Uh, when you talk about all of the stuff that's been going down, uh, I'm, I'm pretty tired. I think all Nuggets fans are pretty tired. Uh, there will be coverage for the draft. There will be coverage for free agency. You don't have to question that. Um, but I'm, so, I'm going to start to wind down the number of episodes during the week and try to get myself recovered. Because, folks, in another three months, we're going to have another media day. And we're going to have another title. That is going to be unbelievable. I am looking forward to it. That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to comment down below when you want the times for the upcoming podcast. That would be really, really helpful. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will talk to you guys tomorrow.